Hello, and welcome to this episode of Degobble in the Brain. I am your host, Dr. Clyde Mayberry, and very excited about today's show. I'm looking at giving you something, obviously, that you can use, something definitely worth sharing. So, of course, if you like this and you think it'll benefit somebody else, you'll share them. But this is all about outcomes, outcomes in one's life, you know, the decisions that we make. But I want to talk about choice and and what that means and the psychology behind choice, because I think for many people, there are some times where there are choices that actually are not there. And when they don't like the choices that they have, they don't seek to make better choices. They just seek to act as if they are there. And of course, that doesn't work. And it's driving people crazy. But part of failure to thrive is in poor choices. And so I hope to help with that today. Let's get started. So when we think about choice, we're talking about defining our terms. And most of what I'm going to give you, and I've referred to uh, this psychiatrist before, his name is William Glasser, and he has a, a therapy called Reality Therapy, and it is rooted and grounded in choice theory. And you, he has websites and there's books, and you can look all that up if you want to get all in depth after this. Um, but I'm just hitting the highlights because I want you to understand what I mean. This podcast comes out of the attempt of me to help people who are not quite seeing things as they are. Not quite seeing things as they are. In other words, due to some past hurt, due to fear, due to lack of self-control and ignorance, all of those things greatly affect the choices that we make. Now, uh, I, what I love about Glasser's theory is because he's able to sum the whole choice thing up and, and understanding that we there's a reason that we uh, have choices. When we talk about uh, choice theory, it holds that humans are motivated by a never ending quest to satisfy five basic needs woven into our genes. Those five basic needs are to love, to belong to be powerful, to be free, to have fun, and to survive. Those are our five, and these are five basic needs. He describes them as being woven into our genes, which means that you can't help but do these five things. You can't help but look out for these five things. It's very natural to do. You naturally want to be loved. You naturally want to belong. You naturally want to be powerful. You naturally want to be free. You naturally want to have fun and you naturally want to survive. Everybody does. Now, what ends up happening with that? That's when everything is fine. Grow up in a dysfunctional family and some of these are going to change. What you will see people do is that, you know, the decisions that we make should be in our best interest in one of those five categories. Literally, they become the motive for everything that we do. When you're dealing with somebody and they choose to do something for you or they choose to be nice to you or they choose to be angry with you or they choose to do bodily harm to you, they had a motive and it had to do with your presence threatening one of these things, which I thought was odd. However, I want you to think about that from the standpoint of if there is a dysfunction and if you don't grow up in a a proper relationship, like let's say. You grew up in a house that produced low self-esteem in you. Let's say that. So you have low self-esteem. So you may get stuck 
in survival mode. You might get stuck there or you might sacrifice yourself. So meaning that instead of making decisions for yourself of one of these five basic needs, you rob yourself of the basic need and make it on behalf of somebody else. You will take the high road. You will take the hit. You will be the one punished. You will get into trouble yourself so that they can prosper. That is a dysfunction. Now, not that we're out to make people fail. And we want to help people. And reason why would we help somebody? Well, we help them because we love them. We help them because we feel connected to them, that we belong with them. Um, You know, we help them because they're fun. We help them because we don't want to see anybody survive. But I'm talking about when you sacrifice yourself, when you put yourself in jeopardy and make a decision for somebody else, meaning that you're negating the five basic needs. You have skipped over yours for the sake of someone else and really for no reason at all other than you got low self-esteem. That becomes a problem. And so these people that go about like this, they normally take the high road and they suffer in silence. Meaning that they are so hurt. I was talking with an individual recently in a counseling session. And he realized that he had been living his life for somebody else. In this case, it was his dad. And his dad had wishes for him and his dad was trying to manifest his life or live his life all over again and his son. And so the son trying to be pleasing to the dad tried to do what his dad wanted, but it wasn't for him. And he was not happy. It made him miserable. And what made him, what made the miserable being miserable worse was that he hated to disappoint his dad. And that was the buffer. I'm miserable. If I stay doing this, I'm miserable. If I don't do this, then my dad is not going to be proud of me. So for a while, he tried to make his dad proud and all that got him was being miserable. And it was wasting about a decade of his life until he finally realized that, hey, this isn't me and I got to do my thing. I'm glad he got out of that. And now he's the possibility of opening up the door for these basic five needs are available to him now. But before they weren't because he sacrificed himself. That's the part I want you to hear, because that's going on almost all the time, sadly. But understand that genetically we are built with these five basic human needs. And so everybody that's doing something, you can check the need and you'll see why they're actually doing it um, for all of that. Um, I want to give you an idea of the differences because the idea is to understand this principle so that you actually can thrive in doing it. Um, So choice theory is of such that it is used to help individuals take responsibility for their own mental health and to make positive changes in their lives. That's what it is. This can be used for business the same way. In business, choice theory basically is used to promote a positive work environment and to encourage employees to take ownership of their work. So you can see how the idea of choice theory can make people thrive, literally will make people get ahead. Because you start looking to satisfy these needs. Once they are satisfied, then the feelings that are associated with the satisfaction and you, you know, your body starts letting off those endorphins that we really like. And that's what makes you happy. In most cases, when people are suffering from depression, 
It's because one or more of these basic needs are not being met. In fact, being forsaken. And when they get into major depression, major depression, then that means that it's been, you know, uh, ignored altogether. And I told you already that ignoring it altogether normally would mean you grew up in some dysfunction that made you feel a certain kind of way. So then you ignore them. And, and that's unfortunate. That happens quite a bit. So what do you take from this? Understanding that theory and, and what the conclusion should be. There's a psychological approach that emphasizes the power of choice and the responsibility that comes with it. And once you recognize that all behavior is purposeful, please get that. All behavior is purposeful and that we have control over our own actions. We can then take responsibility for our lives and create positive relationships with others. It's only when we realize that. So what I mean by all behavior is is purposeful. I am literally saying that um, it's a calculated effort when you decide to do it. So when you begin to do that, here's the problem in the dysfunction. It can't be that way because the freedom is gone. The freedom is gone. And when the freedom is gone, it kind of shuts down everything. This is why slavery was so powerful. But some of us still have a psychological slave mentality, even though slavery was so many uh, years ago. We still have a slave mentality. And when you look at a slave mentality, um, the first time I heard about this principle was in the book by Carter G. Woodson, The Miseducation of the Negro. And he said that in, in this book, he said that we were used to sitting in the back of the bus so much that even when the back of the bus wasn't there or didn't exist, we would create a virtual back of the bus so that we can sit there. When, when we weren't being oppressed, we created oppression for ourselves. Think about that. You see this a lot of times when women are dating men in a dating game and they're trying to be so much for this guy because they want to feel loved or they want to belong. You see how those needs come in? So then they start making choices that are not in their best interest. That's the dysfunction. It's nothing wrong with desiring to be loved and desiring to, be, to belong. But the choices that you make are supposed to be in your best interest. They're supposed to be choices that are going to be for your betterment. And you have to ask yourself, who would make a choice that wasn't for them? We do it all the time. Parents do this for children. They will sacrifice so many things to see parents still as a way of life, sacrificing for adult kids when they need to be on their own. They don't need to be enabled, but they need to be taught the choice theory. So when you get with a therapist who understands reality therapy, this is what they actually teach. And so you begin to realize that, hey, I actually only control me in my, I control myself and I control my actions. And because you only control yourself and your actions, you really should only place expectations on yourself. When we start placing expectations on other people and expecting other people to do things for us, it opens the door wide open for us to be hurt or disappointed because expectations weren't met. And I'm telling you, in choice theory, you had no right to put expectations on them anyway. Everybody wants to be self-sufficient and it's all a matter of choice. And of course, the better choice you make, the better your life is. The better the choice, the better the life. Well, how do you make a better choice? Information. 
truthful information. When you search and research for truthful uh, information, you can now make a better informed decision. And that's what you should want to do. Make a more informed decision. But if you let feelings get in the way, it makes you make the worst choices. Now, in the last few minutes that I have, I want to talk about um, choice theory and parenting. Parents normally use threatening behavior to make a kid respond. Like, you know, if you talk back again, I'm going to make you go to bed. Um, Parents communicate that the child is under their control. That's what that 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 choice that was given to them is for. You're going to talk back and there's a consequence. That consequence is I'm going to make you go to bed because I have that power over you. Choice theory requires that the child makes the decision. And if you choose to talk back to me, then you choose to go to bed. That's the way that it should be said. What's the difference? It's not just language. It's not just semantics. When we're angry, we tend to try to exert authority. When you're parenting, you want to show your children the choice that they really have in it. It's still a consequence. If you choose to talk back to me, then you're choosing to go to bed because that's what's going to happen. But they see it as their choice versus if you talk back to me, you go into bed. Well, that's forceful. Everything should be in a choice. Um, A lot of the things when I'm talking to my adult kids at this stage, because we built a relationship, um, they'll run something by me wanting and they try to second guess what I'm going to say. And when they run the things by me, if it's not something I think is good for them, I just ask them, do you think that's a good look for you? And if you do, why? And what I'm searching for is the five basic needs. What is this covering? What does this carry? What is this complete for you? Where does this get you? How does this get you on that spectrum? And we're always talking about those five basic needs because everything in life is that if you want a happy life, see, you don't have to be a multimillionaire. You don't have to own a bunch of businesses. You don't have to do something famous or or, or any of that. If you just make right choices, oh my goodness. When you make the right choices, you make your body happy. You make your soul happy. You make your spirit happy. Now, As I close, when we talk about choice theory, I want you to see the spiritual side of it. Because God always wants us to make informed decisions. He gave us intellect for this purpose. William Glasser was not a a religious man, but his theory is based all in religion. God created us that way. And so our decisions, you know, and it depends. And I want to give them to you in three levels. If I am passive, then I am probably going to sacrifice some of my basic needs for others. If I am aggressive, I am going to be all out for me and I'm going to probably, it's going to come across as selfish. But if I'm assertive, then that means the decisions that I make are not just going to be for my betterment, for me to get ahead, but everybody around me. And that works on every level, whether it is business, whether it is personal, whether it is professional, it works on every single level. The assertiveness of choice theory allows for you to be that person that has other people's, you know, best interests at hand, but also doesn't forsake yourself. Very healthy in the assertive part. And that's what you need to strive to be. 
and understanding that there really is a a difference uh, when we talk about choice versus a decision. A decision normally deals with causes and choices normally deal with personal stuff. So if I have to make a decision, normally it was laid out for me in the construct of a cause. And I got to make a decision based on that. And it sets the parameters for me. When I'm talking about choice, my basic needs set the parameter. So always the first thing is whether or not I love me enough to make the right decision for me. Please listen to the language that I love me enough to make the right decision for me. Now, when you follow this theory and you share it with others, they can begin to look at their life. The first the first thing I do in counseling is we sit down, and I explain it to them. Then we start going back through real life scenarios in their life to find out what basic need was that fulfilling and why. And we start thinking about that. What were you going to do? So what you normally find out is people made snap decisions based on faulty information. Well, why didn't you research? Why didn't you take your time? Why didn't you? You got to fix in the context of the things of the past. Use choice theory to fix those or make better decisions. And that assists in going forward. I hope that works for you. Try it out. Pray about it. Think assertiveness. And I think you'll be fine. Take care of yourself until next time and each other.